0: the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go, go, New, York, go New York, go. We're back on track, on the floor, scoring Morris 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp, we uh, with Hubert Bono You are now listening to the, the Knicks, Knicks State of, of Mind, eight, mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports and Radio, and now, your hosts... Chip Murphy, and Matt Castillo. Hi, everybody,
1: and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Plenty to talk about here in this episode. Obviously, right now, the Summer League is going on in Las Vegas. Uh, the Knicks have already played their three, kind of, I, I guess, the games that count towards the seeding. Uh, so they've already been seated, uh, And then the knockout part of the Vegas tournament Uh, The Knicks will be taking on the Celtics, and that is tomorrow. So we're recording on Wednesday, so by the time you hear it, it'll be the day of the uh, playoff game, of summer league playoff game against the uh, Boston Celtics. And, you know, it's been an entertaining summer league. We've seen some good things. And, Chip, I'm going to start off with you. What are some of the things that have stood out to you from the Knicks summer league so far?
0: Well, obviously Kevin Knox has been – so impressive right from the start. I think his first basket was a a fast break dunk and just the Knicks fans on Twitter just erupted over that. Right, And he's been fantastic. He had 29 points against the Lakers, five threes. He's been really impressive. But the thing that stood out to me the most has been uh, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, the summer league, it's his first organized basketball games in over a year. And he's dominating. Right. I mean, he's averaging 11.3 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks, and he's shooting 68.2 percent from the field. I mean, it looks like it looks like the Knicks could have. Look, I do. compared him to Clint Capella already. It looks like they have a Clint Capella type here. Right. Like already, the guy's what 20 years old. It looks like you could already be a Clint Capella type. I know it's summer league, but the guy's clearly going to be able to do some damage, at least on the defensive end. And, yeah, every, every game he's just been dominant. And I know he's dominating against summer league players, but there's clearly a lot of potential there. And I hope he gets significant minutes right away. I know David Fisdale obviously has confidence in him and has spoken highly of him. So, yeah, Mitchell Robinson has been the standout. So far to me, Uh, Knox has been the Knox has been the star, but he was the first round pick. I mean, he hasn't been. It's not really a a surprise to me that the first round pick was has been uh, this good. I mean, Mitchell Robinson playing like this after not playing for so long. I've just been so impressed by him.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Chip. I I mean, I'll tell you what you can't help but also to give. Uh, Some love towards Kevin Knox, and has kind of, I I think, give or has given Nick fans some hope that this guy was the right pick, you know. And again, it makes me think, all right, you know, not not that I was against it. I I keep saying because I don't want to be put into that crowd as, oh, you were that guy that was against Kevin Knox. That's not that's not true. Um, Yeah, I had no issue with the pick, but you know, again, I wanted like Michael Porter Jr. because injury is making him a risky guy to take but if that risk works out that guy can be the best player in the draft however that that injury though is very concerning so we get Kevin Knox okay all right fine well I want to see what he can do and right off the bat I thought he came in and was very is very aggressive I mean no no not hesitant on his shot attacking the rim you mentioned some of those power dunks that he has there and he has gotten a, a, a lot of buzz towards him so far in the summer league and again yes it is only summer league but this is what we're evaluating on him so far that's all we can do so you know I, I hate when people say oh well you're overreacting a little bit to this kind of player it is summer league where nobody's claiming this guy as like MVP or anything like that we're just giving him credit that he deserves he's playing well he's doing exactly what you would want to see from somebody you just drafted. And, you know, look, um, Dennis Smith Jr. last year, a guy that created a lot of buzz in the summer league, everybody seemed to be talking about him. And, and of course, Lonzo Ball and those kind of guys. I think this (laughs) year a lot of people are talking about Kevin Knox. Everybody is saying, wow, the Knicks looked like they made the right choice by grabbing Knox here. And he has been very impressive. And deserves that kind of praise, and, and you know we, we lost to uh, the Lakers last night. And look at that third quarter he had. eighteen points. I mean, he was just on fire and led us back into that game because we were trailing by twenty five points. So Kevin Knox has certainly made a lot of Nick fans feel pretty good about their lives, and those who are booing them or upset about it, you know, like I said, I, I would admit I wanted somebody else, but it didn't infuriate me. Some other people were furious with this decision and were upset about who the Knicks took and you know I think he kind of showed them that you know we got the right guy so I've been very impressed with Kevin Knox um, and everything I've seen from him so far I really love Uh, he plays hard you know does a lot of things very well so first off I just want to give him some credit but Chip you're you're so right when it comes to Mitchell Robinson that that's that's the guy I wanted to see He's who I really wanted to see. We all know the story, uh, you know, what what happened with him in college. We've been through that here on this show. Uh, it's been two years since we've seen him in a, a competitive game. You know, we had no clue what, what to expect. And, you know, you can see a little bit out there that he's still trying to work himself back into, you know, basketball shape. Because, yes, it wasn't that he was out of shape or anything like that because he's worked out. But when you start playing in a game and the speed of the game and the physicality of the game, all that kind of takes a toll on you. So at times, yeah, he looked a little winded out there. But for the most part, he made his presence known. And it was, you know what? I, I, I've been hearing a lot from you know, people that are not even Knick people. You know, saying, wow, this, this Robinson kid can really play. The Knicks may have found the gem in the draft. And it's it's nice to hear that because you know we can't afford to screw up in the draft. And if we can get our picks right, first round and second round, this rebuild process could be done a whole lot faster. If some of these picks start to work out, that's I mean that's typically how it works. If you can draft gold or really diamonds, yeah, that's going to help you get out of the situation that you're in. And with Robinson playing the way he is, it is just summer league. Yes. But I think the one thing that stood out to me about him is, you know, he's like seven foot, but plays very athletically. You know, a guy that can jump out of the rim, who's intimidating people with his shot blocking. Um, I loved his energy around the offensive glass, crashing it on several putbacks, even balls that you didn't think that he was in position to get. He's able to out-jump some people. So you may be out of position and you're trying to box him out. If you don't box him out well enough, his long arms, his vertical, he was able to tip balls around. And even if he didn't come up with them, he, he was getting to some balls and getting a hand on the ball that a lot of people can't. So it was very impressive to see him uh, do that. And I'll tell you what, for two years of not playing basketball, man, I, I mean, that was very impressive. I'll tell you what, Chip, personally, I took a year off from playing and I played in a game several months ago. I was just like 4 or 14 from the field. It was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. I felt like I hadn't played basketball ever in my life. So not to play and putting up like double-double numbers very impressive. Uh so I'm very happy with what I've seen with the Knicks draft so far, but chip curious to see is there anybody that, you know, we we talked about this last year about some guys that were disappointing um in the summer league and you know that I'm drawing a blank on his name. That guard that we had, that everybody was so excited about, and then we ended up releasing him um, for Ron oh, Baker,
0: Jason Randell. Yeah, Jason yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yes. yeah,
1: yeah. I was trying to figure yeah, out is his he name.
0: Still, is he still in the league? I, I'm,
1: oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. But you know, he, he's the guy that we talked about last year being so disappointing. Uh, and is there a guy like that this year? Uh, that you wanted to see more from in the summer League? Does Anybody stand out to you that you've been a little disappointed in?
0: Well, I think the obvious choice for that is Damian Dotson. Right? Yeah, I mean he's been brutal. Yeah, it's, I'm looking at the numbers here. He's he's made he's taken 24 shots, Dotson. He's made six, 25 from the field. I mean, I think everybody hoped that Dotson would take a leap forward this year. His second year in the league at. There were high hopes for him, and it's not that he's not getting chances. You know, he's playing 27 minutes a game, so he's getting a lot of chances. But, right. yeah, I. other than that, though, I mean, everybody's been impressive. Did you see Isaiah Hicks in the last game? Oh, my God. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean. really good. These guys are making it tough for the Knicks to make decisions because decisions are going to have to be made if you want some of these guys to land on your roster or, you know, if you have the spots in the G League and all that stuff. It, I I really am, for the first time in a long time, and I say this almost every week now. I feel pretty good about things where the next they they're getting guys who are making things competitive for once. You know, pushing other people. There's actually real competition now for jobs, and it's not one of those things where you we're just we're so bad that you know we know what we have already. There's a lot of question marks in some of these guys that are making a case to make the roster, and it is fun to see. Um, but you're right with Damian Dotson he's I still like him you know I still think he can play a role for the Knicks it's a few games there's still a few more left Uh, they could lose tomorrow and be eliminated from the the tournament but you're guaranteed five games at least five games in Vegas so they still have two more games to play and you get a chance um, you know to still kind of I guess make up for your slow start if you're Damian Dotson I still have every bit of confidence in him, but I did want to see a little bit more. I figured he would have much more of an impact for this team this year um, or or in the summer league, at least, you know, being a second year player who has pro experience, I expected him to be, you know, one of the guys that are leading us in scoring and you said it, you know, six of 24, that's a little, uh, that's not getting it done. Just being honest. He's been up,
0: he's been upstaged though. I right. mean, Troy Williams, Troy Williams just looked great. Oh yes, he has. Yes. And then how about Alonzo? It's Trier, right? I keep trier, saying yeah, yes. it is Trier. Yeah. Alonzo Trier. I mean, if you have a the choice between Trier or Dotson right now, it's Trier. Right. The rotation, whatever you want to say. So he's been upstaged by Williams and Trier right now. So Absolutely. he's the third guy on that totem pole. And he's got to, he's got to have, like you said, there's, two more games left, that he's got to have two big games these next couple games.
1: Right, and I think he can. I think he can. I'm hoping that he can. You know, he's a guy that, you know, I was very excited about that we took last year, and I think he can develop into a player. Um, but it is important now. When when you're in a situation like the Knicks are, they're trying to find the best guys. You know, that competition that I just kind of talked about, they're trying to find the best guys. So you got to do something to uh, stand out if you're Damian Dotson. So I, I'm hoping that's the case for him. Because uh, I, I, he's one of those guys that I'm rooting for to, to see him take a big step and being a part, uh, a bigger part this year in the Knicks rotation. But if he's being outplayed, he could be that guy that loses a job with the Knicks. So, um, you know, still plenty to work out and see. Uh, but overall, you know, for the summer league, I know they were one and two, but you know, you don't really – it's Summer League. You're not really worried about the record and the results. And I know I kid around about the Knicks needing to win the Las Vegas Summer League because yeah. it's all we got. It's all we have, you know. And I, I am kidding somewhat. It would be nice to win, just <laughs> saying. Um, but, you know, the, the point is you want to see the guys that are getting better or potentially can play a role on this team. And it, that that's what you're looking for. And there seem to be a lot of guys that are coming in and, and – Making a case for themselves. So it has been entertaining to see. Um, So what we are gonna do now is we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're gonna talk about Kyle Quinn. He's been trending with Nick fans for some comments that he made. So Chip and I are gonna get into that uh those comments and kind of set the record straight. Uh so we'll do that in just a quick moment. Hi everybody, Matt Costello here, writer at elitesports.com and co-host of the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOMpodcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Segment two, it's going to be about Kyle Quinn. As we know, uh, Kyle opted out of his contract. No shock there. Uh, and, and once that happened, we kind of figured that Kyle Quinn was going to be moving on and finding another organization to play for. And that's exactly what he did uh, as he signed a deal with the Indiana Pacers. Now, what has ticked off a lot of Knicks fans, and this is something that I've seen, you know, again in the social media pages and, you know, Instagram posts on the Knicks pages about. Uh, This quote that's kind of getting taken out of context and uh, it has made some Knicks fans a little, uh, well not a little, very upset as Kyle Quinn, they're taking it as he was throwing some cheap shots at the Knicks and trashing the Knicks because he was asked about coming over uh, from the Knicks to Indiana and his response was that, you know what, he just wanted to play for something more than next year's draft. You know, obviously Indiana, a playoff team last year. Expecting to be a playoff team again this year. And a lot of people took that comment right there as, oh, he's making fun of the Knicks or talking trash about the Knicks and this is not the first player to leave and bash us, blah, blah, blah. And, and I have my thoughts on it. But, Chip, I'm going to start with you. Um, you know, what, do, what do you make from all this? Do you think fans are completely overreacting? Because I, I do. I think they're totally misunderstanding the point here. But what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think fans are totally overreacting. And if you actually watch the video of him in the interview, you'll see that when he says he wanted to play for something more than next year's draft, that he's being completely lighthearted and not at all taking any shots. And it was more of the local media here kind of perpetuating the narrative that he was taking shots at the team and saying things like, Kyle O'Quinn rips the Knicks on the way out that it made fans believe that. So right. you just can't believe everything the New York Post or the New York Daily News says. You have to actually look at this stuff. And, look, a lot of the times I think the beat reporters get a bad rap, but in this case they perpetuated that. When I, I think it was Mark Berman from the New York Post kind of even ripped Kyle Quinn himself and said, like, Took a shot at O'Quinn going to uh, – living in New York and then going to live – I think he mocked Indianapolis and said like uh, uh, sunny Indianapolis or something. Like it was just completely ridiculous. Right. But yeah, you, you need to look into the context because these, some of these New York beat reporters are looking for clicks, you know, and uh, you, if you watch the video, Kyle Quinn. He's one of the nicest guys that the Knicks have had on the team in forever. I mean, he's such a good dude. And I don't think he wanted to leave, but the team was moving in a different direction. And I don't think he's – he's well, he, yeah, he's never been on the playoffs in his career. He played on those horrible Orlando Magic teams. And he just wants to play on a winning team. Exactly. So, And the Knicks aren't going to the playoffs again this year. And he signed a one-year deal, by the way. It's not like he committed his future to the Pacers, but he just wants to play on a winning team. We're going to penalize him for that. He doesn't. He's not insulting the Knicks. I want <laughs> right. to win. He's for that. <laughs> like...
1: Right. Yeah, and it's just one of those things. I think a lot of fans are just more upset that he left and that he went somewhere else and then he was making comments like this. And, and you know, my reaction, first off, you know, really want to get technical. When he says, I want to play for something more. Well, it don't matter where he goes because it's not the Golden State Warriors. Let's just be real. You're not playing for anything anyway, anywhere. You're playing for second. What, because it's Golden State and everybody else. That's that's the NBA mm-hmm. right now. Um, but, you know, other than that, there was no shot taken at the Knicks. And, and you touched on it, Chip, that he went or he was drafted by the Orlando Magic they have not been relevant in years since Dwight Howard left that was so many years ago they're they're, they're just not relevant and then he comes over to the Knicks which by the way he played hard for the Knicks every single time that he touched the floor he just gave everything that he had he was that kind of player he loved being in New York he loved and embraced I think the Knicks organization the fans and all of that and by no means was he throwing a shot. It's just that simple. Is no, I would like to play something for more than helping out a team get draft picks. So let's be honest. The Knicks did not play for anything in the last few years. The, WWE, the whole tanking thing started, you know, and and the players knew what the season outcome was going to be. That we're trying to play for better draft position, or well, that's what the fans wanted. And that gets old. You know, players want to win. Players want to taste at least playing in some meaningful games. Um, You know, playing in a playoff series. So, obviously, now joining the Pacers in a team that made the playoffs last year and are looking to be a team that can get back this year. All it is is that, hey, I just want to play for something a little bit more. Play for something more than just season wraps up in April. I want to play those meaningful playoff games, and it's going to be the first time in his career. How many years has he been in the league, Chip, do you know?
0: I'm going to take a look. I'm actually not sure off the top it, of my head. Yeah, At least like like five, I want to say. Yeah, it's, it's been a good amount of time Three. in the league. Oh, in, six. Six, yeah,
1: six. six. Six years. Six years and has never got an opportunity to play in the postseason or play for anything. I, I, I'm pretty sure on that. I don't think he's ever made the postseason. Um, so yeah, it, it, all it is is I want to play for a team that has a chance to actually play for something. That's not saying, oh yeah, because the Knicks were so bad and we weren't, he's just given a reason why he left. And I think fans are just a little upset that he left. There was nothing there. I kind of felt like that was a clear case of a, an overreaction from fans. And again, I just think it comes down to the fact that he left and everybody kind of takes everything so personally. There's nothing personal there. He's just doing something better for himself. And I mean, other than that, I, I just think, you know, and this is something that he, he signed a couple of days ago, and this is all I've been seeing. Anytime somebody mentions Kyle O'Quinn, you know, fans are really, really not happy and taking it as like he is throwing shots at us and basically wishing him ill will now. And it's, it's, shouldn't it's not that case at all it was a lighthearted kind of conversation and you got to relax a little bit and that, that's basically kind of all that is there nothing major nothing too serious about it um and that's the way it's got to be i just i just i just think so many times chip you you were right when you were talking about you know some these headlines um people read just a and they go, oh, you know, that's a clear shot at us. If you, as you mentioned, Chip, if you watch the interview, if you read probably the whole article, because that's, that's, that's a problem that a lot of people do not have. And you see a lot of these arguments kind of starting, uh, you know, with other fans and, and, uh, you know, just misinterpretation of things because they don't click on the whole thing. They look at a headline, you know, and I, I'm guilty of it. I've done it before and, looked at just the headline and took it as one thing. But I'm just curious to see how many fans actually really know what was the case, uh, what was actually said, because by no means there was no shot there at all. Um, But we are going to wrap up this second segment. Uh, When we come back, we are going to do our our ninth pick of the all-time team. So um, I think we have a difference this week. So we'll find out. Last week we both took Allen Houston, so right after the short break you'll find out who we took this week. Hello everybody, Mac is still on the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY. And the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello, everybody and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast final segment. Here is we started this little segment last year to kind of wrap up the show in a fun way. As you know, it's the off season. There's not so much to talk about. Sometimes you just need a little filler. This is a great little filler, um, and a lot of a lot of fun here hearing uh, some of the. Um, you know, picks that fans would have taken uh, with the, the 10th pick that we selected last week. Um, some difference uh, of opinion there, but hey, that, that's why this is a fun segment so we can encourage fans to keep messaging us and, and giving their take. As Chip and I both took Allen Houston last week to start off our list, the top 10 Knicks. So Allen Houston at number 10, and now we're going to reveal our ninth pick. So Chip, I'm going to start with you. Uh, who did you select as your ninth pick?
0: My ninth pick is Dick Barnett. Okay. Uh, he played on the, uh, 1970 and 1973 championship teams. Uh, he was a shooting guard played with, uh, Clyde Frazier. Obviously, um, he's, uh, ninth all time in scoring for the Knicks. Uh, His number is retired. You know, uh, obviously, neither one of us have seen him play, but we've seen him at Knicks games. He's there courtside. Right. Um, And Clyde talks about him sometimes during games. Um, Look, just the sheer fact that he was a member of the two championship teams automatically gets him on the list for me. And the fact that he, you know, ninth all-time in scoring – uh, when he was with the Knicks, he, he put up good numbers. I mean, 15.6 points per game, 46% from the field at, with the Knicks. Uh, they didn't have the three-point line yet, obviously. But, yeah, he's, I mean, just a good player, uh, a really good player. And, um, yeah, I like I said, the guy played on both championship teams, and his number is retired by the team. So I don't – I think he makes the – the cut based on that alone.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Chip. It was kind of funny because he was one guy that I considered for this spot right here. Uh, And, and, you know, I had a couple of guys go through, um, you know, during my case. I've been taking this kind of week by week kind of seeing, looking at what things and over the week looking at things and going back and forth on guys on my list. Uh, So Nick Barnett was definitely – uh, an option here for me, but I, I did not obviously choose him because we do have a difference this week. Uh, my pick might shock a little people. Some people might think that who I selected probably could be a little bit further down on my list, you know, towards you know the number one, um, maybe top five, type six. So uh I'm sure there's gonna be a little bit of a shock factor here, but for me at number nine chip, I'm gonna take Camelo Anthony and I, I I know that some of these guys that played on the team and, and played you know well for the Knicks that are on my list might have been uh, not as talented as players as Camelo Anthony is but I, I think I can make a case on why I put Camelo Anthony here we all know that Camelo anthony back when he got traded to to us that was huge I mean that was just big, it changed the excitement in the organization, it gave us a guy that we can count on and rely on, and at first, things were were solid, you know, we, we, we were making the playoffs early on, uh, we all know what he did in 2012 and 13 when he won the scoring title with 28 points a game, 28.7 to be exact, and the numbers that he put up there, I mean, the guy was unconscious, from behind the arc, you uh, know, it started in that Olympics that year and carried over into the season. I mean, he shot 37 percent from behind the arc. Just was a a big, huge impact for the team that year, and we can't describe it enough. We were second in the East. Yes, we always talk about the disappointing uh, exit in the playoffs, but yeah, you know, it was just a memorable year, and, and he had some big time games. For us and put up some solid numbers through his time with the Knicks, and you know you look at his career with over seven seasons, and he averaged twenty four point seven points a game, uh, you know, seven rebounds. The guy was big time. However, though the last few years may not all be his fault, but they weren't pleasant times. Yeah, I understand there were issues with the organization and the, the the management, obviously with Phil Jackson and just all that kind of stuff that led to more drama and just made it very frustrating. But the truth is, as well, Carmelo Anthony started to lose his skill set. You know, we, the last few years with the Knicks, he wasn't as solid as we saw early on. It was clear that he was losing some of his athletic ability. Uh, we, we saw, you know, I talk about this all the time, you know, his vertical, you know, Mello used to be a guy that can finish around the rim with some power, you know, attacking the basket, getting to the foul line, and, and a guy that was a strong finisher. The last few years, he strictly became a catch-and-shoot shooter. That That's really been his role, the guy that holds the ball at the elbow for 22 seconds and then fired it up. That's what Carmelo Anthony became. He He stopped attacking the basket, Chip, me and you talked about this time in time again, and, you know, it, it's it, it was obvious that he started to lose his step. You would think Carmelo Anthony's much older than what he actually is. You know, you hear it all the time that the difference between somebody like LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony is that, that LeBron James took care of his body more and better, so... Yeah, you know, and I think that was the case with Carmelo Anthony. I know he had some leg issues and stuff like that, back issues throughout his course of his career. But things did go down south, regardless. And and we trade him. He's disappointing in OKC. You know they don't want him. They don't want to pay him the money. They're going to have a buyout. He's going to be on another team next season again. Um, you know, and and we all know the perception that he kind of gives off around the league and and to the media and things like that. So. Early on, the first few years were great, and if it continued like that, I think he could easily be a top five on my list. But because of the last few years, and I acknowledge again, wasn't all on him. He did have a drop off, so I think number nine is fair for me. Chip, would you agree, or do you would you think you know he, he should be a little bit lower despite the struggles towards the end of his tenure with the Knicks?
0: Well, I don't really want to give away. Where I'm you're gonna, make,
1: gonna put them, in the rest right? Of mine. Right,
0: but I, I I don't really have uh, I don't really have a problem with where you put him. Okay, no, I, I okay. mean I, I don't I'm not one of those people who thinks like Mello needs to be out of the top ten because he never did anything in the playoffs, or, right? And I'm also not like a a Mello uh, stand who thinks like because of Mello's talent he has to be mentioned with uh, the greats like Patrick Ewing and Clyde Frazier so yeah I think number nine is about the right place
1: for him. I do all right so I'm not stretching that's far i got i got somebody to back me up on it. i'm sure there's gonna be some who uh would totally disagree with me i know my, my buddy that's been on the show uh before would uh, be very upset with me because Mel will be number one on his list uh oh my god <laughs> it's number his favorite one? player man It's his favorite player um you know so uh be, he'll be a little disappointed in me but He'd be all right, um, you know. And and uh, you you remember Stephen Tanakas that was on it? That's probably not even yeah, how to pronounce yeah. his name. You know, he's a big Mellow fan, uh, so uh, he he would be disappointed um, with me like that. So it's funny. I'm so bad with me. I know I pronounce his last name wrong. I, I do that all the time. He even told me after the show when I introduced him when he was on that show that yeah oh, you butcher my name yeah that's what I do. Um, so so uh, you know. I, I, I just think Mellow at 9 is, is fair enough. So uh, with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show next week. You don't want to miss it. We'll have our 8th uh, all-time Nick on our list. Again, last week got several feedbacks from listeners on who you would have picked. Um, and we we would love to hear from you again this week and uh, tell us what you would have done or, or who would be on your list is the best way to kind of put it. And uh, next week we'll reveal our number 8, so we'll be back. For another episode, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy.